your brain is a pattern recognizing machine. Whatever you start focusing on is gonna give you more of that. And that's why it's so important to feed your brain the good stuff. Because you start focusing on a negative, it's gonna start feeding you a negative. In a way, it's like a, the TikTok algorithm. Hello and a warm welcome to our listeners. We took a little tiny break, but now Partners in Time is back with tons of new episodes starting today. I'm excited. There's a lot of good stories you can be looking forward to, and I hope you're as excited as I am. Welcome back to Partners in Time. Today, I'm talking to Alex Eichen, an entrepreneur specialized in lifestyle businesses and best known for founding Intelligent Change, a leading business for sustainable productivity supporting products. Sounds a little complicated, but it's quite easy and he's going to explain it by himself. I'm really looking forward to this episode of Partners in Time. Hey, Alex, thanks for being here. It's, it's an honor to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Where are you right now? I'm I'm in London, in Notting Hill. So you live in London. Where, where Are you British? Uh, no, no, I'm not. I think by the accent, you're like, <laughs> this guy does not sound British at all. I grew up mostly in Canada, and I've okay. been in Lo London now for the last 10 years. Where in Canada? Uh, Toronto. Oh, nice. Toronto is a... I mean, so many very creative people come from Toronto. Why Why is that? I think it's just cold and there's not a lot to do. So, <laughs> so you have to be creative. And then you escape. You escape somewhere, right? You either go to California uh, or New York or London or Paris, somewhere in the world. But, but usually if you're creative enough, you don't stay around too long. This summer I've been to a wedding in Toronto in the Royal Yacht Club, like opposite of the water. And that was epic like it was one of the in most insane places i've ever seen like you take a small boat you kind of go over there and it's been an epic wedding so it's it's a beautiful city if it's summer yeah i love it but you're making it sound fancier than it actually looks <laughs> it's, 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 no to... it's no monaco <laughs> <laughs> it is close it's the canadian monaco i would say yeah it has yeah, yacht clubs and it has a lot of sailing and it has a lot of yeah. water you're living on the water how, how was it growing up there like did you do any sports did you where When did you find some special interest and stuff? Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely a cold place. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, originally, uh, I was when I was really young, I was uh, I was born in another cold place. I was born in Russia, and I moved to Canada. So cold to cold. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, no ice skating or hockey for me in either country. So I'm not really <laughs> in that regard playing those sports. Following the mainstream in there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I actually played water polo in high school. Really? So that was the, yeah, that was a sport of choice and um, did, did really well. That was lots of fun. Yeah. Water polo is something that's super big over here. I'm, I always get the feeling a lot of people play it because you get scholarships in, in colleges right in the u.s did you play it because of that or did you play it because you enjoyed playing water polo i played it it was actually by accident so i was in um, high school sports kind of you know in the gym class and every in gym class you kind of rotate through sports every week and one week we had uh, water polo and i was just you know doing really well and the coach said and the gym teacher you should really try out so i tried out And I had like, I don't know, I think a, a record in the season when I went to finals, uh, got the silver, not the gold. Uh, but I scored something like 12 goals in the game. So that was uh, pretty nice. great. And I would have gone to a university, but I actually come from very humble background and I couldn't afford to just even be on a scholarship. I had to work. So I had okay. to have a job. So when I went to university, I would go to work, work at a bank full time. 
during the day and then uh, and the night I'll go to university. <laughs> so that was my life. And no, no sports for me because any professional sports, even water polo, you have to commit to for like at least yeah. probably 20 to 25 hours a week. Uh, and I was just, I'm like, I'd rather have a job and make some money at that point. But that's what you did. So you, where did you go to university? Uh, York University in Toronto. Yeah, okay, nice. And you work daytime in a bank and nighttime you studied. Or yeah, exactly. Going to, going to lectures, uh, seven to, uh, working in a bank nine to five and then lectures seven to 10 p.m. That's nice. It's impressive. Okay, so so you're you're not lazy. I can I can already tell. Did you finish it? Or did you of drop course. Out? Yeah, I wish yeah, I wish yeah. I dropped out, but uh, I didn't drop out. I wish I did. However, I did finish my uh, Bachelor of Commerce. Nice. And what happened then? Well, what did you do after that? Yeah, I think overall, it, it, I was working in a bank uh, during university full time, as I said, but then I got fired and I got fired. It was, it was 2008. And I think they're just similar to now. They just needed reasons to, you know, lay off some staff as current yeah. situation is. And I was part of that batch. And uh, I think I'm so grateful to be fired. Because uh, that really began my journey into entrepreneurship because I, I would say I dabbled with entrepreneurship and trying to start businesses on the side. But, I, you know, entrepreneurship wasn't as sexy as it is now uh, with a lot of side hustles and things like that. That was not the norm, I would say, 14, 15 years ago. Because uh, being, I would say, in investment banking and banking was the, the go-to uh, place to be. <laughs> and so then I just really uh, began to say, okay, let's, I have two more years of school left. Let me give this entrepreneurship thing a shot. And this is 2008. I know, Paul, you're really into the social media community. Yeah. And I want to be a, a social media consultant in 2008. I was a bit early. Yeah, <laughs> to, to, I'm, I'm, <laughs> there was no Instagram around probably, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No Instagram. YouTube yeah. was just uh, starting out. Twitter was still there. There's and a new thing I called just, Facebook, which is super fresh. <laughs> exactly. and But I already saw how these social networks were really going to take over in regards to uh, how people would buy. And I thought, hey, I'll be a, a consultant. But nobody at that point, everybody thought social media. And if you're trying to sell social media, you're like a snake oil salesman. So nobody yeah. <laughs> would trust you. And instead, uh, we uh, then me and my wife created a business together kind of. And uh, in 2010, you, utilizing YouTube as the the main platform to be able to grow the business, something that we now see a lot of people doing. But back then, we we're probably one of the first to utilize YouTube to drive a business and grow it. We're talking a lot about timing in this podcast, and I do um, wherever I meet people because I think timing, and also, I mean, it's an IWC podcast, so time is important. Yeah. Um, but timing is one of the most important things for success or careers or wins or whatever, even, even though in sports and and you underestimate timing, I think, a lot. Also, bad timing. I mean, like I've had so much bad timing. Would you say mm -hmm. you had bad timing that you started a little early with uh, that stuff? Or how, how, what's your relationship with timing? I think it's pretty good. I, I think you ask a really great question in regards to timing because it's true. Sometimes you can be a little uh, too early or a little too late and being there at the right time can make all the difference. And I think uh, for ourselves, in regards to me being a social media consultant, maybe the timing was a bit too early. But at the same time, hey, who knows? If I hustled enough like Gary Vaynerchuk, maybe it would have been perfect for me. And, and he was definitely one of the inspirations of back in those days because he was doing and, and kind of actually acting as what he was preaching. And for us, being there early on, on YouTube to grow a business was actually perfect timing. Even though I think a lot of times when people look even social media platforms now, 
they'll think like, oh my God, it's too late even to go on, even let's say YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or anything like that. It would seem you're already left behind. Uh, but I still believe the timing is, is, is great, especially what as timing goes by and things get more competitive, you just have to have your stuff together to be able to uh, show up and compete on that, you know, world-class level. Because I think a lot of us, we feel, especially when you're in a space, that everyone is doing it. Even Oh, especially if yeah. you're in, Paul, where you are, we'll say podcasting in, in uh, California, it seems like everyone has a podcast there. Uh, but True. on the global level, as you know, especially in Europe, that's not the case. And at the same time, finding that authentic voice and be able to communicate can make such a difference. So I definitely think it's an evolving platform and we're really, the paradigm is changing how the media was before, where the media was before just, you know, maybe a few channels of media uh, that we, everyone would get a broadcast. Where now you can go as niche as you want. Here we are talking on the IWC podcast, which is a focus, let's say, around watches and, and other people. So I think that's pretty great for society that we're, we are in a way able to see and find our tribe and our interests uh, across the field 100 I, I couldn't agree more and also i do see a tendency to a community and, and real context instead of audience and hype i always say you know like like it's either have 100 people that are really interacting and that that you use the word tribe that's exactly what it is and we are we all a watch tribe here you know like we we have a special interest like it's a I can't have that talk about IWC design uh, with everybody at a party, but sometimes I find one of them and then it's a real talk, you know, like then it's a new friend after that. And I spotted something uh, special on your on your wrist. Well, what are you wearing there? Yeah, I'm wearing one of my favorites today. It's the Pilot Chronograph 150 Years White Limited Edition. So, Oh, that's nice. nice, nice. How, since when do you have that? Oh, uh, well, I think a few years since the 150 year anniversary of that IWC was. And I saw it and I really liked it. So I just picked it up. It has a little also white dial. I, I do enjoy white dials and yeah. a leather, leather strap. Still haven't switched to metal straps. <laughs> Keeping it old school. It, it does look super good. I'm wearing the Top Gun Mojave, and which is, it's a daily joy to see that watch. And so many people tell me, hey, this is exactly the watch. I would wear um because because like like I'm getting so many compliments when I'm wearing it out in at events or something like people are really really digging those colorful and like I really really like those. So when did you first heard that name? Do you remember that maybe? And and what are you doing these days with them? What's happening? Uh, yeah, IWC is like it's still my only uh, kind of watches that I wear. <laughs> so I'm, I'm fairly, and I'm Me not too. saying this just because so. <laughs> I'm not saying just because I'm on a podcast. I think as you go on this journey of also success, you do want to treat yourself a little bit, especially as, as, a, as a man, there's not many things <laughs> we can really buy. And I think watch is that one statement that you can kind of do to yourself and treat yourself to remind yourself also of maybe a special moment. I think it's it's classy to me. It's what it kind of represents this, in a way, watchmaking tradition that goes way back. And and something that on what it be in our personal lives or just something to help, once again, be that reminder of time. Because in a way, you think like we don't need a watch. We have our phones and things like that. But I still go back to just having analog 
time. And it's something about the movement, especially the smooth movement, just makes you also in a way think about time, giving you have that moment. But to me, IWC is really just that classy brand that is great for all occasions. So my first IWC was uh, obviously the classic Portuguese, uh, which I really liked. And I think I just saw somebody wearing it. I'm like, oh, that looks really nice and classy. I'm a more, I'll say I'm still more of a classy guy. <laughs> so I, I like those uh, just leather straps and the classy look, but still having a modern feel. And I picked it up. It was one of my first, I'll say, kind of real watches. <laughs> and uh, from then on, as I said, I, I've kind of followed that journey and, and bought a, a few, I think I have three at the moment that I enjoy wearing. One of them is in nice. service, which is really sad. Uh, so I can't wait to uh, get it back. I couldn't agree more. But I want to know a little bit about what you're doing now. So uh, walk me through it. I know it, uh, but uh, our listeners, they don't totally. So what's your answer if I would say you, what's your job right now? What is it you do? I'll say making people happier and more productive. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> kind of what we're, what we're focused on at the moment. And yeah. as I said, we've evolved a lot from our first business, which was kind of be more beauty related. And as I said, utilizing YouTube as a platform to grow that business and that YouTube channel would, was, you know, was going to get over half a billion views just focused on hair. It was, yeah. it was a certain niche that that had, but we've sold that business a few years ago and now have evolved to really focus on something that we're deeply passionate about. I think personal development and well-being has been a big part of my journey. And intelligent change is really a way for us to bring that and bring people on that journey with our product offering. Because the realization that I've had as you know, a poor kid from Canada, <laughs> kind of on the streets to being in London, is that mindset plays a huge role into your success and also not just your success financially, but also your success in relationships, um, in your health and well-being. Mindset is the ultimate um, kicker that pushes you over the edge because you can be talented, but if you don't have that mindset enough to keep going, most likely you'll give up before to realize what your potential really is. And that's what I really believe in now is like, how do we help people actualize themselves and their potential? And uh, we created, you know, simple products like the five minute journal, which has now sold over, you know, almost close to 2 million units around the world or the I productivity planner. It's very, oh, really? Very, very how did you get yeah. yours? I ordered it. I'm very, I'm, I like those things like where you physically write down my whole office is uh, like to-do lists and I'm writing down things and my whole, there's there's productivity things that I'm really, so I've, I really like the fact that it's short and effective. Like Like maybe we can talk a little bit more about it because you kind of run through it. So I want to interrupt you here. So Intelligent Change is the company or is it a company? Would yeah, you say yeah, it is a, a company yeah, of course. that creates also physical products? And one of them is the five-minute journal. What is the five-minute journal? Yeah, so the five-minute journal, I think the best way to think about it is the toothbrush for your mind. You know, we, we brush our teeth, hopefully. Yeah. every morning and night. But a lot of us, for some reason, forget about our mental health and well-being. And I True. think it's such an important part of our lives that we often forget. Uh, however, after the last, especially a few years, we all been through a little, I would say, mental health crisis. And it's so important to create and have a daily habit and ritual to help you with your mental health. And that's why I kind of call it the toothbrush for your mind. And so the, it's really simple. It's exactly as it sounds. Five-minute journal. It will just take you five minutes a day. 
And as soon as you wake up, you open it up. We also have apps. You can get an app or you can do the physical one. I'm kind of old school. I do like the, too, the, yeah. physical, <laughs> the physical one and the pen and paper. And it as you wake up, it'll give you a little motivational quote, something to just inspire you for the day. Or also once a week, we have a weekly challenge. So it can be something like, hey, call a, a friend that you've been thinking about to spark that conversation again. And then you just have three questions. Very simple. I'm grateful for three things because once again we saw the science behind gratitude and how just in three weeks of time of practicing gratitude you can scientifically boost your happiness especially if you practice saying new things that you're grateful for in that time span and then the second question is what would make today great or if you want to challenge yourself what will i do to make today great and you kind of list the things that you're going to do today that will make today a great day. And the the secret of this question and the science behind it too is that, you know, in our mind, there's we have a what is called a, a reticular activating system, RAS. And that's that part of your brain that helps you focus. You know, as we're having this conversation right now or the people listening to this, your that part of the brain allows you to focus on this. Even if you're uh, cycling or you're running on the street with your headphones uh, listening to this or uh, you're in a busy cafe that is very loud but that part of your brain allows you to focus on what you have in front of you and at the same time it can be for example we are now speaking let's say about intelligent change and gratitude journaling and the reticular activating system and all of a sudden as you start going about your life you will start actually start noticing these things because your brain is a pattern recognizing machine. Whatever you start focusing on is going to give you more of that. And that's why it's so important to feed your brain the good stuff. Because you start focusing on a negative, it's going to start feeding you negative. In a way, it's like a, the TikTok algorithm. <laughs> and, the, and the biggest algorithm that we have is our brain. That's the most powerful one. So the way you focus on it is what is going to give you. So in that part, in that question of what will I make today great or what will, will make today great, in a way you're telling your brain what you should be focusing on to make you have a great day. And the last part of the morning section is daily affirmation. Is that, and that is reaffirming to yourself who you are, who do you want to become? As you know, I'm sure you had some athletes on here, yeah. whether it be from you know, Formula One or football. You know, All of them, to a certain degree, have to show up as a certain person. And they have to create an identity for themselves as being this, you know, in a way, this uh, these athletes as they are. And I think it's really important for even us regular people to be able to, uh, to do the same. So for myself, for example, mine is really simple. I'm healthy, strong, and energetic. And that's something that I want to reaffirm to myself every day. So when I see donuts in front of me, I remember, you know, Alex, uh, you said you're healthy and strong. So this is a time to <laughs> use your willpower <laughs> and not do it. So that's the morning por portion. And the evening portion, same thing as you brush your teeth in the morning and you brush your teeth at night. Same thing. So you brush your mind in the morning and you brush your <laughs> mind at night. Is in the, in the nighttime, right before you go to sleep, you just review your highlights of the day. And once again, science shows that if you look back at the highlights, kind of the positive things that are going on, it will just help you reaffirm that picture of your life. Because once again, most of us, we come home from work, or if we speak to our partner or a spouse, a lot of times there's a lot of complaining. There's a lot of focus on the negative because our brain, once again, just through evolution helps us, not doesn't help us, but just for some reason, focuses our things on the negative. And it's mostly for survival because as I said, we've evolved 
from a very primitive species where a lot of times we're just trying not to die <laughs> and our brain just wants to protect us. But I think in the current world right now, it's important to also help focusing on the actual good things that's going on. And as you go about your day and your life, your brain, once again, with that reticular activating system will allow you to see more of the good. And the last portion uh, is really just what did I learn today? We know what did you learn today? As we get older, I think it's important to learn new things. And if you think you've learned nothing, maybe you've learned something. And I'm sure you are having whoever's listening right now to this podcast. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I can hear you're passionate about this. That's very, very, very impressive. I like that. And I'm, I thought about if I, I, I got to rephrase my, or uh, I think I lied, somebody gave it to me. Somebody gave it to me as a present, which made me handle it even better because like I'm doing it daily and it really helps me and and the physical copy is is what I really like it's a small investment and it's a small book and it's sitting right next to the bed and I'm doing exactly what you just talked about and it really helps me start into the day and end the day in a little different way than scrolling through insta feeds or something so um <laughs> Are you using it daily as well? And, and is it something that helped you handle stress as well? Because I, like the one thing is the personal growth or starting a business and stuff like that. And Evan, you've been probably doing this exactly at moments where you realize the product you're producing is helping yourself creating the business that's running the product, sort of. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think the most important factor of this type of practice Because a lot of times people think that, okay, you, it's easy for you to say, you know, you're grateful for things because you have this incredible life and you travel the world and all that stuff. And that's why it's easy for you. But in reality, I started this practice when it was a very dark point in my life, meaning I was probably very broke, living in my mom's house My as a teenager. My stepfather died a year before. My father died the same year of cancer. So it was actually a very dark time. And in that moment of grief, when you think the world is falling apart, the thing that really you know, in a way showed me that light to a certain degree is by focusing on what I do have versus focusing on what I don't have. Because in moments of challenges, it's easy to go and just focus like, oh my God, my life is falling apart. And you're, and then it's easier to then just go deeper into anxiety and stress. But one of the beautiful things that, you know, I heard, I believe it's Tony Robbins that said is that when you're, you cannot have fear the same time you're feeling grateful. And that is a very important factor. When you experience gratitude or when you focus on gratitude, fear does not exist in that state because you're in, you're in a state of appreciation. And this is why, like, as I said, for me, in those moments of that were very challenging, that is when I began that journey to kind of change my mindset and to see what I have versus what I don't have. And That was the foundation for what became the, the Five Minute Journal and has helped you know, millions of people around the world, uh, including myself through its use. But I think the most important factor is once you will say even do start having, having this practice, even if it's for three weeks. So even though say without, uh, I think for a lot of people listening, it's important to understand that you don't even need the five minute journal, right? You have the most important and powerful tool at your disposal, which is your mind. And the way I started doing this is literally just, I just told myself, Hey, as soon as I wake up, I'm going to say one thing that I'm grateful for. And that one single act changed my life. So even if now I'll say I go travel and I, I don't take my physical five minute journal with me and I, maybe I forget to do the app, 
I'll still do it in my head. It just becomes, in a way, just a habit. So as soon as I wake up or as soon as I step in the shower, I would just think of three things that I'm grateful for and I I say it. And I think that another uh, thing that's so important in this practice and why potentially having, let's say, a journal, uh, even a a blank one with uh, with a pen on your bedside can be helpful to do this practice, you need still some sort of an anchor. So even, let's say, creating this idea of uh, mentally practicing and having the thoughts of gratitude come to you randomly, it doesn't just happen. Because once again, a lot of people think like, oh, th- that person is just happy all the time. It just happens. Uh, I think a lot of times as we, as we, I'm sure the conversations you had with high performers, whether it be in athletes or in business, they perform daily rituals that enable them to be at that level of performance, whether it be an exercise or be able to think sharply, they do something in their in their daily lives. They enable them to then not even in a way think about it, but embody that spirit of performance. And I think the same thing can be for your mental health and well-being. So for myself, it's definitely a daily practice and something that I'm, I'm really appreciative and, and thankful for. I couldn't agree more once again. One thing I wanted to talk about is uh, it, it feels like you have a love for Italy. And I proposed to my wife of 17 years now in Positano, by the way. So did I, um, Paul. Uh, and so so it has a very special place in my heart because my parents, they've been married for 30 years, but their silver wedding of 25 years, they celebrated, they, they rented a whole six rooms in Le Cyrenus and spent all the inheritance Amazing. we would have got. <laughs> in one week um, but invited all the kids and their partners to uh, just like one week in Positano in the Sierra News when we were like 20 or something or, or even younger and so that was really really impressive for me um, uh, so so it has a special place in my heart and I've seen a lot of pictures on your Insta of uh, Positano and the Amalfi Coast and Italian stuff so uh, I kind of want to know what's what's your relationship there I, I similar to you I proposed to my wife on the beach in Positano uh, Very 12 nice. years ago <laughs> where, where did you Very propose good. where in Positano uh, did you propose I made it I mean uh, number one I've been 22 so uh, like it was uh, it was early so I Me too. chose I was 22 as well Oh my God, okay. a lot of similarities. <laughs> Very good. And I choose uh, just, uh, the Cernus is a is a super high-end old school hotel and on the terrace there on New Year's Eve and I, I'm, I'm claiming the fireworks I organized. So like I went down on the knee at exactly one minute to uh, midnight and then when she said yes, the fireworks started. So um, I've, I kind of, that was that was good timing to be fair. <laughs> I, I timed love it. it. So it would have been very bad if it's a no, but um, she said yes. So, so, <laughs> and it's still elastic. So it's kind of yeah. okay. She, she had, I think she had no choice but to say yes. It's such That's a the thing. <laughs> That's probably my, a little bit right. Yeah, yeah my, my story is a bit more humble. We were just eating pizza <laughs> on the beach because uh, nice. we can barely afford our first trip to Positano. But same thing like you. It was, it was when, um, like I said, the first time we were there, We it was 2000, actually 2008. Uh, that's when I, 2009 yeah 2009 is when I proposed 2010 was when we got married and 2009 no money I don't know how we got to Positano but we did and ever since then we've been going every year and in 2020 nice. pandemic we spent almost two months in Positano which which was amazing <laughs> so we uh, were quite uh, local there but you can call us uh, Positanese uh, and nice. it's, it's a special place and I think what I love about it too is just It's, you know, similar to California, you got that coast, 
which is beautiful. But I think to me, it's way better than the Highway 1. Because Highway 1, there's like, there's really not much. It's beautiful nature, but there's not much food going on. Uh, But I love nature and food in one. So for me, being able to just uh, have incredible restaurants and Italian food and um, just beautiful scenery and, and sunsets and just swimming, best times of my life are in Positano every year. So this is starting to sound like a ad for Positano, but it is a great place. And I'm sure a lot of IWC listeners are regulars. Absolutely. I'm a little bit mad at the Kardashians because I blame them for the crowd in Positano in August <laughs> uh, because they've been there too many times and uh, have pushed it a little bit too mainstream. But uh, as a, I, I like the new word I learned today, Positanese. So, so I feel like one too, even though I was only there like 10, 15 times or something. What's happening next in your life, like business-wise? What's your next, uh, do you set goals? Do you set, uh, do, you, do you ever think about the question, what's happening in the next five years? or uh, where do you see yourself or uh, do you have any goals because I for example I'm going to run a marathon in end of March Amazing. so that's my main topic right now um, so I'm very much into running because uh, that's my first marathon and uh, I want to run LA marathon in, in March so uh, do you have stuff like that because uh, yeah I, I would be interested yeah I, I think it's a great question I think it we definitely and myself personally set goals and, and create a vision for our life in the future. I think one of the most important things that I realized in life is the importance of setting goals, and looking to the future and creating that purpose and meaning to your life of what will happen. Because if you think you've kind of done it all, uh, life becomes start getting pretty gray. And even those moments in my life, let's say when it was, when it felt a bit dark, I'll say that's when I didn't have those goals and things to strive for as you're doing as well, let's say for your marathon. So for ourselves, I'm really excited for us to be able to be on this journey of intelligent change. I always kind of think about how come there's no wellness or well-being company on the level of Apple? You know, Apple is this incredible lifestyle and technology brand. And I really want to see intelligent change really become that global wellness lifestyle brand to help people on their journey through life, to help them, you know, create a positive change, to help them set goals, to help them go towards things like running a marathon. We just actually launched the fit edition of the five minute journal. So maybe I'll send that one your way as well. But overall, just really excited to be in this business of focusing on not just making money. We're, we're you know, this is not a business that we want to sell. We sold our previous business and, you know, we're very lucky to have all, you know, life-changing kind of amount of money come our way. But now we realize this is so much business and doing businesses in this way is in a way is more purpose and meaning driven. And I think at this is what makes life so fulfilling now. It's not just chasing the money, but chasing that overall meaning and purpose to help people create a difference in their lives. And I really believe so many of us can do that. Uh, and I'm so excited for yourself and other people, inspiring people to live uh, more. I'm sure even with you running your marathon will inspire so many people to also start running, to run a marathon and live a healthier life. And that's what we all can do is in a way be positive role models for each other. Which you truly are. So uh, congrats to what you did before and, and looking forward to see and follow what you're going to do the next couple of years. Uh, we can talk forever, but we <laughs> got to come to a little bit of an end here. Got to wrap it up. Um, I have one question. I pretty much ask every guest in here, which is like, if you have an extra hour in the day or an extra day in the week or an extra month in the year, whatever, like and, uh, more time, 
somebody gives you here, there's more time. What would you use it for? Oh, definitely be with my family, with my wife and daughter, probably in Positano. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's a very good answer. Thanks for being a podcast guest here in Partners in Time. Um, thank you very much for, for your insights. It's, it's very inspiring to listen to you. And I would love to meet you one day. So whenever I'm in London, I'm going to say hello. If you're ever around LA, say hello. Or we meet in Schaffhausen. Beautiful city. Yes. Beautiful place too. A very nice uh, place to have a nice... Uh, there's good restaurants there. And scenery <laughs> and everything you kind of like, I would say. So we, we could have a good day in Schaffhausen one day. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. And off to Schaffhausen IWC. <laughs> That's it. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.